0: From Magpie 24-7, it's time for the NE1 for Bacon podcast. With your hosts, Kyle Thompson and Paul Rudder. Bye fans, for fans. How's the bacon, did you say?
1: What's happening, everyone? It's Kyle for the Anyone for Bacon podcast. And it's podcast number two of 2021. And... Typical fashion, Newcastle have lost again. No wins now, Paul, in seven. No goals in open play in seven games now for Steve Bruce. And as the title reads, the luck is starting to run out.
0: What is it? One goal now in eight eight hours of football. It's now nine years since we've beaten a Premier League club in the FA Cup. And... um... Yeah, injuries mounting up, bad form stacking up, um, games ticking by, out of the cup, out of all chance of any silver. uh, Again, is that 52 years now? Um, Just keep adding an extra year to the insult after injury. Uh, And yes, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a a relegation battle to look forward to again. Because uh, we love a good relegation battle up here. I, I, I just love it. I mean, who wants to be drinking out of cups? Who wants to be in the Champions League, eh? Yeah? Robbie Savage and all Chris Sutton. We don't <laughs> want any of that in reality. No, we'd much rather battle it out with Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield United in yet another relegation battle. And yet again, it's it, it's a bit like um it's a bit like, you know, dipping your knob in uh in, in honey and then sticking it into a beehive. Eventually it's gonna get stung. So, you know what I mean? Let's hope that it doesn't get stung this season because obviously there was development off the field this weekend, which is probably more positive uh, than what we've got to talk about on the pitch. But, yeah, indeed. Um, yeah a relegation battle. Hooray! Great! Fantastic, yeah. isn't it? it all is. the, all the, the the times we are here supporting Newcastle. But it's, it's just... It just literally rinse and and repeat now, isn't it? Every single time, and it's again the old adage made for Newcastle United are under Mike Ashley. It's all okay get to lose, just not by too many, and that's yeah. all we did yesterday. All we did.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's just been really bleak. It's been a really rough season. But one thing I wanted to address because I seen a comment or two about it on the last podcast, the audio was a bit off. Um, me and Paul tried a different bit of software and it didn't work clearly so um we're back to normal in fact we've upgraded the package on our stream yard so uh, it, the audio should be better and not only that we're, we're starting to get ready to go, and go on to YouTube as well next season uh, that's an announcement I'd probably if you have listened every week you probably already know of but the end of this season we're going to start going onto YouTube and my podcast will be on there. And I know Paul has his Man in advance Van stuff, and I'll have me any 29 view. So from next season, we'll be on YouTube as well as uh, Spotify and all the other podcasting um, platforms. But because obviously we're mainly a podcast, but I think YouTube enables people to comment and stuff. And I know my dad's mentioned it a couple of times where he said he would like to comment. So it gives you that, and we can, we can go live. We can. Um, Get do, yeah exactly so we can we can communicate with things a lot better do a live q and a and stuff um
0: hello like-minded passionate newcastle united supporters and trying to find new ways to engage and debate and to talk and to banter and to take the piss out of the fact that sunderland are um, still in division 3 so it's always about all the good stuff and it's just about finding different ways of uh you know, doing stuff. So, yeah, excited, ready, looking forward to next season, which hopefully, uh, let's pray, is with new management, new ownership, fresh start, and not these absolute... Columbus. um Yeah. Oh, fucking news, wet wipes, the bunch of them, the fucking Charlie, Ashley, and a majority, Steve Bruce. Are you fuck? We'll crack on with this, Paul.
1: Um, the match against Arsenal yesterday away from home. who went into it not thinking very much of it. Again, dreading the game. And it's something I'm becoming all too used to, Paul. When I'm dreading the game. I'm not even thinking about it until two, two hours before kickoff. And, yeah, we're, we're, the starting team wasn't much to be desired. Jolenton starts again. Hendrik gets back in the midfield. Um, what does Dwight Gale have to do to start a game of football, Paul? I've,
0: I've said this. I've said this all along, and I've said it on the view from the fan. It's as if uh, Gale is trying to bang Mrs. Bruce because something is up behind the scenes because it, it can go much further than uh, he's meddled with his um, kebab or something like that. <laughs> I mean, what does he have to do, you know, to, to get any sort of game time at all? Uh, when you're relying, and this is 2021, we're recording this. It's not 2010. With the greatest respect to Andy Carroll, yes, he's a passionate lad. He was probably our man of the match yesterday, to be fair. Defensive. But you're relying on putting Andy Carroll in up top, partnering with uh, you know Joss Lou, and then you know a man who's got the movement in the box of a Telegraph pole, and then you're putting players around him who can't cross the ball. So it, it it defies any sort of logic. If you go to put Andy Carroll in, put somebody in that team who can cross the ball. We can't take a set piece, a corner, or anything. We can't cross the ball. So why put him in? Uh I I, I thought the the energy of, of Gale would have been a huge asset. Um I think if the chances that um Andy Carroll got had a dropped Gale, I think we'd have been through and they'd have been out. Yeah. And um it's just perplexing how the likes of Joe Liddon continuously, week in, week out, we talk about squad management, mate, and all this sort of thing, but he gets in there all of the time, and it makes no logical sense, I've said umpteen times, but if I was Dwight Gill, if he's not already leaving, and it would be typical Newcastle mm-hmm. if he left and into to going to a, a Fulham or somebody like that, but... Uh, if if he's not got anything sorted, you'd be, you'd be more than banging the door down now. You'd be kicking it down and ask what the fuck is going on. What do I have to do? You've scored one goal in eight hours, right? We don't have enough people in the box. We don't look threatening. We look limp up top. You've got our top scorer, you know, arguably our best player, back at home in Callum Wilson, and he still can not get back in, in the team. And it's not a, a knock to Andy Carroll because he was our best player yesterday. I just think that in, in a strange way Andy Carroll he could have played in defence yesterday because the only chances he gets, he, he just doesn't seem to be able to, to, to convert them. And again, Dwight Gale looking on, what must that lad be thinking? I've scored in the Championship for this club religiously. I've shown I can do it in the Premier Look at the end of last season when he was notching them in. At a, at a decent a, enough rate. I'm not his biggest fan. I don't think he's the best striker in the world. However, do I think he's better than Joss Lou? Yes. Do I think he's a better finisher than Andy Cavill? Yes, I, I definitely do. And do I think he could have helped the team yesterday? Hell yeah. Too right he
1: could have. Definitely. But I know you're not one of Gail's biggest fans, Paul, but the, the thing is, the hypocrisy in all this, is that Steve Bruce is. And I remember... Uh, Steve was talking about Dwight Gale last year. Oh, I tried to sign him at three different clubs. I was at I love the strike. I really want to. I'm really looking forward to working with him and all this and that. You must be buying Mrs. Gross. There's something going on because at the end of the yeah. day, mate, you don't play Carol in front of him. Or or Joel and, and I'm sorry, but you don't. Um I've had I've had my fair share of rants about Dwight Gale in the past. I've previously said after that miss against Man City, he should be out the door. But He's went on to prove us wrong in games that he's played. He's played well, um, that winner against West Brom. Well, last win, by the way, um, was a Dwight Gale header that won with the game. Um, he, he, he is a good centre-forward. He, he's a good backup for what we... Yeah. For, is, is better? Had me, yeah. Dwight Gale's the only suitable replacement for me. Yeah.
0: And and, and right. It, it beggars belief. It, it does. It makes you think there's got to be something mate, behind the scenes going on that's been said or done. Because it makes no logical sense that you say that he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. He's fantastic. I've chased him. I've always wanted to have Dwight Gale. And then you give him, what, zero opportunities and zero chances in a team. Like I said, it's not as if we're fashioning loads of chances. It's not as if we're getting lots of activity around the box. We've got midfielders breaking into the box. We've got strikers in the box getting shots away, causing trouble, making space for place. We've got none of that going on. Now, Dwight Gale is a nuisance in the box. And if he's given a chance, I would say, you know, at least one out of every uh, one or two out of every three or four, he's going to score. With Andy Carroll, what's that that one goal goal in in 10 years? To put it into context, right? If you look at the likes of Joe Linton, obviously Andy Carroll, Kieran Clark has got a better goals to games ratio Mm -hmm. than, than the two of them lads. So, you know, it got to a point yesterday when I was sitting there screaming at my TV, which is getting a a regular thing, and the missus has given us a dead arm saying, shut up, man. Um, And I'm saying, I'd rather have Andy Carroll, who was up top, chuck him in the defence and stick Kieran Clark up front. Now, I know Kieran Clark had that momentary moment of absolute madness and schoolboy stuff, right? Yeah, true. But... He was absolutely fantastic. And he could have been, if it wasn't for that mistake, he could have been a contender for Man of the Match for Newcastle. Um, He was really, really fantastic. Then he made one stupid mistake in stoppage time uh, that cost us absolutely, you know, dearly. But going back to your point, Dwight Gale, uh, he does, he needs to be banging the door down. What the fuck have I done to not be getting opportunities past that? And pointing to Joel clearly, clearly on the training pitches. Because I'm sorry, like, I've lost the number nine shirt to him and I've lost, uh, uh, you know, a potential place in the team. And it's just, it's just not good enough.
1: It's not, not good enough at all. Put it this way, Gail did more the back end of last season in terms of goals than Joe Linton has since he signed for the team, Paul. Yeah, um, a three, three goals,
0: goals.
1: now. Uh, Gail from, I think Gail scored five goals, six goals from between the Bournemouth game and the end of the season. Um After obviously lockdown was after lockdown was done and that, um, so they managed to finish the season and Gale scored four or five goals. If you include the League One opposition, Joelinton's came up against. I think it's only five goals that Joe Linton scored as well. Um, for me, mate, it's not. But he plays
0: out. every minute. He plays he every minute, mate, and he just, he's um, honestly. Even the missus said when 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 the um when Elliot Anderson came on, he said, "What exactly does he do? He can't pass." He can't shoot, he can't cross, he can't tackle. He refuses to track back. So what, what does he offer? He's the only Brazilian who can't play football. And we've managed to find him. And not only that, but we splurged all this cash on him. We've wasted it. And I put a thing out on Twitter today, and I can't believe that this is me putting it out. But I even said, I'd probably rather have Christian Atsu. He offers more to the team, and sometimes he goes missing like he's walking the dog around the park, than what Joe Linton does. Because yeah. it's shocking. Elliot Anderson, come on! And in the time that he had yesterday, in the in the limited time and opportunities that he had yesterday, he did more than Joe Linton, a forty million pound signing, did in the, in well all season. To be fair, uh, he's had little flashes, and people say to me, "But Paul, he, he, he's um, he's putting the he's putting the work in, he's grafting in some games." That's my minimum expectation. Th- that should be a, a given, a, a taken for granted. But People are going on like it's 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 the second coming because he's he, he's he's oh he's running he played all right then he might have played all right, but for a forty million pound and 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 we both said on here you know he needs time to adjust going to a, a different country a different climate different football all of that we've given him that and yeah. it's just like yesterday it, it was just the straw that broke the camel's back and and Bruce is, I don't know whether it's contractual or, or what it is. But it's
1: his
0: stubbornness—it's got to be something because his stubbornness to have to put him in religiously, regardless of how shite he plays—is is unbelievable. And you're less head. At
1: he doesn't deserve to be in that team. And I think mm-hmm. if if and when Fraser and ASM get back fully fit, there's no way Jolyn can play in this team. Not a chance because he's he not. Like
0: Callum good. Wilson on the bench and put yeah, um, in up top.
1: I mean since we signed Joe Linton, he's played well against Crystal Palace this season and fair enough that game Joe Linton looked every bit of the 40 million we paid for him, but that's the only game where he has um where he's looked the right. part and that's yep. um, one game in, in one and a half seasons sorry like it's um it's not a good enough ratio to warrant playing in the team every single week.
0: I'll tell you what, if, if I was Joe Linton's family, I'd be getting his missus um, having a DNA test because I I, I, don't, I don't believe he got her pregnant. I, I can't believe he found the back of the net there. You know, he's literally <laughs> that bad. He is that bad, that terrible. Get the DNA test out, get him on Jeremy Kyle, bring him back and all that sort of stuff because I just fail to believe that the man <laughs> c- can, can do out. I mean what what was happening with Steve Bruce talking him through from the sidelines or what? Because <laughs> But he's it, not helping him know, on the it, field, is he? It seems a very, very strange um re- relationship. And and you know, I, I've looked back and I and I was looking back at players and thinking, Who's been this bad? And I was thinking about me, Obertan's of the world and stuff like this. Oberton scored more goals, mate. But yeah, and then you're saying to yourself, actually he's worse than Oberton. I'm thinking about all these players who've frustrated the life out of me, who annoyed me, who I thought are absolute garbage. And every single time I've been able to say, it, yeah, but people <coughs> were saying to me, oh yeah, he, he's, he's worse than Josseloo. Josseloo has just been announced as one of the contenders for forward of the year. You can't it's take the piss out of Josseloo. You really can't. I think I, the, only I know. One,
1: the only one I can compare him to really me, it's Riviere. Yeah, Rivier was the other one that I've was sipping shit in... Yeah, Rivier put a lot of effort in, but the, but the the quality just wasn't there. And Joel. Well, Linton, he, did, he didn't he cost the money, did he? um, and even then, Rivier only cost five million. Whereas you look at Joel and it's cost a lot more than that for him. So, yeah, we're well, struggling
0: to get five million now for Joel Linton... Think, I think
1: Joe Linton but I won't write off Joe Linton just yet, Paul. Um, I think under a different coach, under a different manager, like so many players around the team that we've criticised this season deserve one more chance under a new manager for example sean longstaff um a couple of others like um who was jamal lewis yeah. i think he deserves yeah. another of the whip under a new miggy. manager miggy definitely um the, all, nearly all all the team even the center backs have felt a little bit behind from what they usually were as players while bruce has been in charge of the club and it's just it's it's starting to come to a head now with Steve Bruce, but that first half mate was very underwhelming. Again, you could tell both teams had only scored like two or three goals in open play in the last couple of months. Obviously, Arsenal had that freak show against Chelsea, but other than that mate, they had they had they've had very little to offer in terms of yeah. open play goals. And for me, both teams. Looked scared to break each other down. Both teams looked scared to, to attack. Both teams were petrified of each other in that first half. And although defensively we looked okay, Carroll was doing loads of things from. He was grafting, he... he was grafting defensively. We just yeah. offered nothing going forward, mate. And to be honest, we could still be playing right now and I don't think we would have scored a single goal. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, that, far, it was that one far,
0: chance, wasn't it?
1: There? Because there's no. Like, obviously we've improved. In little bits. And Bruce is, Bruce is going mental about this in his um, press conferences. Oh, we've improved. Oh, there's the work in progress. But we've improved defensively. We're not getting peppered with 40 shots a game anymore. We're getting peppered with only 10 uh, or 15. But at the end of the day, it's took you 18 months to, to rectify getting twenty 40 shots to 15 and even then it happened over a case of a couple of days because we've got mm. Pepper against uh, Fulham now they got beat off them and then we played against Liverpool and played mm. a high-pressing defensive line style of football which from an attacking perspective we're
0: offering nothing Paul it's, it's yeah. like there's no plan well, to It's it, it simple It's simple as book. the thing is we're not crossing the ball at all there's nobody in that team you can tell me who can cross the ball and we're not getting enough bodies in the box. It is a lot every time that anything does eventually, and it's like a miracle. It's like a joy when the ball gets forward as far as the opposition uh, box. But you might have one oh, person if it. you're lucky, and then it comes straight back to you. And and, and again during the first half, uh, to be fair, it was during all the game. But again, our, our our throw-ins, we need some sort of coach on that because again, we have an attacking and throw-in and it goes mm-hmm. all the way back. to all the way back to the keeper. And the only chances that we're getting, and we talked about the fact yesterday that Carol had two fantastic chances, but they were really fashioned by Arsenal mistakes. It's not as if we're getting hold of a game and going and cutting teams open and using tactics and thrusting at them and getting crosses in and working little one-twos and playing the triangles and getting the ball in behind or looking for pockets of space. We're not doing any of that. The only the only opportunities that we're, we're getting during a game at all Is through gifts From the, op- the You know Through the opposition That, that is it That and is even it even then I
1: think we could have got them back From Arsenal With how bad they've been I watched huh? them last. I watched them last night Now honestly thought Well I know why you are where you are In the league Because you are shit Yous aren't even Breaking us open hmm. um, But again do but- they
0: have to get out The first game mate To be able to beat us
1: no, nah, they didn't. Um, no. not many teams have had to do so. But Bruce has been bragging how great, great we've been since the Brentford game, which is really, really baffling. But he the
0: talks first about first a reaction. Where, where is the reaction? There's Austin no reaction to that.
1: That there isn't. There's no, There still hasn't been. But. It's by the by, mate. The luck's running out at the end of the day, but that first half, Arsenal had two shots on target in the first two minutes, so it was a welcome back to Newcastle, uh, kind of welcome for Dubravka, which is... Some it's great saves, actually. Between the goal. He made some really mm. good saves and looked fairly solid. He, his distribution was a little bit off from what it usually is, but obviously games will be a defining factor whether that improves or not. And to be honest, with Darlow playing how well he is, I don't expect Dubravka to be in goal for a while now before being out the FA Cup ball but um,
0: it's a big call he's got on that one you know because although yes you say Dalo uh, played well had the shirt this that and the other Dubravka when he was back yesterday it just gives to me an extra uh, aura of calm an extra aura of organisation his communication yes his distribution was a little bit off but his shot stopping again fantastic and yet like uh, Dalo he does drop the odd rick um. We've all seen that before. Well, but to me, he's, he's he's still my number one keeper at Newcastle. Uh, and it's just a case of dipping your toes back in the water. Is he back up to the same standard? Is there any ring rust? There wasn't much ring rust. For a, a bloke who's played played nothing um, you know, for, for a decent period of time, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. But my personal feeling is Darlow is, is the number two. He's a really good number two. Is he going to be happy being a number two going forward ultimately? Nah. I can't imagine he, he, he would do, but um, it's a massive, massive, massive call because no doubt about it, it is a make-or-break 90 coming up on Tuesday. Um,
1: and we'll preview yeah. that on this podcast as well uh, after we've spoken about the Arsenal game and stuff. But um, for me, I think recent bias is very much a thing, Paul. And obviously, with how well Darlow has been playing, tipping him for England and stuff, he's very much one of the best goalkeepers in the division. So, it'd be very hard to drop him. I don't think anyone in the league has as big of a goalkeeping problem as what Newcastle do because you've got two goalkeepers there that are very high-level goalkeepers. And I think Bruce, goal-
0: Bruce will probably bring Gillespie back in for Tuesday. He'd
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, be, uh, be Paul, it right? Now, you can't. Back on, mate. I, I only think Man United match in terms of level of goalkeepers because they've got De Gea, Uh, Henderson and Romero's their three goalkeepers, but I think there's no other team in the league that can match two goalkeepers being such a high quality goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. So I do sympathise with Steve Bruce in this case, but if it was me, I would go, I think recently bias is a thing and I'd stick with me number one because I do rate Debravka. I rate him as high as given and as good as um, Darlow has been, I've never put him in that kind of field. Although Darlow's done a fantastic job. He's exceeded any expectations at any Newcastle fan. Personally, we were,
0: me, we were shitting bricks. When Dubravka yeah. went out injured, we were shitting yeah, bricks. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because Darlow wasn't great last season, mate. He wasn't, let's be honest. But for me, I think I, I think he's got to go back with uh, Dubravka. It is, it is a controversial one, and I know there'll be people listening. Maybe, maybe you're being a bit uh, fickle and stuff, Kyle. But I personally think you've got to stick with your number one, mate. I think that's how it is. Um. Give a shit in the comments if you so wish to, but I'm sticking with my number one. Um Paul, who would you go with?
0: Yeah, I've I've said uh, Dabrovka. It's a hard. It, that it's really hard, really harsh on uh, Dallow, and he's no spring chicken now. I mean, he's coming. I think he's around thirty. Is he thirty? Thirty-one? He's he's around right so about the same age. as me so Like it's just one. Yeah, of the- but it's really close on, on on age and stuff like that, and. And I know he's not going to want to be number two, but he's a fantastic number two. It's similar to the way that Steve Harper was. You know, Steve Harper could have gone out and been a number one somewhere else. He's stuck around being a number two. I think, personally, one of the goalkeepers will have to go in the summer regardless. And if you would say to me out of the two, who do you want to keep more? I want to keep Debravka more. And like you say, I think he's got that sense, that presence. Um, And I think he he just beats Darlow slightly on every single thing but it's harsh it is harsh and it's, it's hard real, it is but, i feel horrible it's a huge decision it. because coming to the next game if say he puts dalo back in and he drops a rick and he drops one in people are going to say you you, you should have you should have played to and then vice versa so it's a massive call it's on bruce's shoulders but he's he's a fantastic proven premier league manager also he keeps telling everybody not <laughs> saying any bloody proof of that like
1: <laughs> yet to see the proof of that, but the, the <laughs> second half it was it was more the same in terms of how even it was. Both teams looked a bit scared, but as you say earlier on, Arsenal gifted were a chance in a false Andy Carroll who was on side six seven yards out. It's a sitter, and he puts it wide. Paul, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe my eyes when he missed this chance. I was thinking. Anyone else on the field would have put this away, but Andy Carroll puts it wide. I, I was just I was just in disbelief how he missed mm-hmm. this chance because at the end of the day, he scored a much harder opportunity against Leicester a couple of days prior. So this chance, in comparison, is it's a cakewalk. It's piss easy, yeah. but he puts it wide. And I'm thinking... I you hope thinking it, yeah. You're it thinking
0: before. at that point, talking about
1: but our day. We were starting to try and implement a bit of a, a, an attack, try and get through. And the only other chance, really, mate, borrowing a Dubravka save uh, where he tipped it over the ball, which was a really good save. Yeah, it was cracking a save. That uh, it, fall, it falls to Carroll again in exactly the same place and he puts it straight at Leno Paul. I was furious because I'm thinking, my God, we well, could have been through with the next round. If that was Callum Wilson, been. if it was Callum Wilson, that would have game set match. It would have been 2 0. Easy. 'Cause Callum Wilson yep. lives and breathes for chances like that. And we we'll haven't been giving him the chances. Yeah, we'll get Andy Carroll and we'll give him the chances and he doesn't he doesn't put them away. But my thing is, Paul, if this was Joe Linton who missed these chances, they'd be calling for his head, he, his, he, he, his head, <laughs> you know, his head, head on a pike, the wood. They'd be calling for his head if he missed this chance. Uh, but Carl, I think, gets a lot of leeway because he's from up here. Um, yeah, so he's one he,
0: of the lads. He's uh, a Geordie. He but, breaks people's jaws. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> just
1: it doesn't it, it, it doesn't wash for me. Like Paul, I'm sorry, but it, it, him missing this them chances was unacceptable. And I know he played well, and he was one of the best players on the field. His holder play was great. His defensive play was fantastic. Fine, fantastic, but... His bread and butter is meant to be putting the ball in the back of the net, and he failed. Two, he failed in very two good chances. Where a striker would be like, if you were going to get a chance, no one around you, seven yards out, goalkeeper to beat—that's the chance you'd want, and he missed on yeah. both occasions, mate.
0: He, even if, even if Callum Wilson had missed one, you wouldn't have missed two, no, and, and, and that, day that day is enough. that is totally the difference. He's a striker, mate, who, who, who can't score. I mean, you got that. I don't t- take anything away from the strike. And the goal against Leicester, I don't, uh, I, I, as, a, as, a, as a, a recognisable figure, as a character in the dressing room, I take nothing away uh, from him. The The look of, uh, he was gutted, you could tell, on his face after the game. And as we were losing, it was coming, you know, towards the closing stages. I, I, I get that. Um, I get the fact, and I thought, I said yesterday, earlier on in, in today's show, I thought he was man of the match for us. Um, because he did all the basics that I expect of a player who's pulling an our shirt, and that is to put yourself about, to put maximum effort in, never you know, never give up. All those good stuff, the things I expect. Uh, but ultimately, if you're judging it on goals and conversion from chances to goals, he he, he he hasn't done it. He doesn't do it. He never will do it. He's going to be out the door. The fact that Sam Allardyce has been after him should tell you every, everything that you need to know. And it, it is like the mind, I'm no doubt about it, the mind and the heart probably wants to do it so much more than anything else. But the body is not at all up to up to the task anymore. As sad as that is, it's not the 2010 Andy Carroll. It's the 2021 version Um and no, I mean, as that, but the balls was was coming in, and behind both of those chances, I was jumping up, and I was like a numb with Tourettes. I'm dressed up black and white, and I'm sitting there, and I'm cursing every other word. I I, I couldn't believe it. Hands, in uh, you know, um, head in my hands. I, I was distraught. If you're going to go to Arsenal, you've got to take the chances, especially in a side like us who create so little, who get so little of the ball into the box. You've got to take your chances. Um and I was just gutted because I, I sort of knew then. And when we got to 90 minutes, I was like, well that 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 is that. That is fucking that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I I was the opposite approach, mate. I was just stunned into silence. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I was just that's such a it's such a simple chance for a strike out of a Premier, of a Premier League level or meant to be a Premier League Elite.
0: level.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I mean we'll go we'll go extra time. Um, With Emil Smith-Rowe getting sent off and then they are re-giving it again back on Danny Murphy, I mean, he's the oh, highest throughout this whole, this whole thing He's obviously been one of the Steve Bruce fanboys in recent weeks and stuff And what goalkeeper's called Dubravnik, by the way, a, a Croatian city, might that but on top of that, he's just utter bias towards things. Uh, Aubameyang tripped in the box. He said that was a penalty. Uh, Emile Smith Rowe wasn't a red card. I tell you what, though, you reverse the the position of Smith Rowe and Longstaff. If that was Longstaff, he would tripped on his uh, tripped and had he stood up, he would have been calling for for him to be sent off. I guarantee, because yeah. Danny Murphy has that kind of bias in him, it's ridiculous, man. It really is. Um, but was me, what
0: he said? Recently, it's,
1: the quality of of punditry is dog shit. It's really shit. This, this these last couple of years, like punditry It's went right down the sink. Because players have their own bias, and Danny Murphy obviously doesn't have a bias towards us. He has a he has a bias towards Steve Bruce clearly, but he doesn't like Newcastle United. That's clear, as long as well as many other people. But as I say, is if you swap the positions around, Longstaff wouldn't have stayed on the field. Um, but. Obviously, Smith Rowe stays on, and who scores the football goal? Smith Rowe, typical. Um Kieran Clark makes the mistake, and I thought he played really well. It was it was a shame it had to happen to him. Kieran Clark very very rarely makes a mistake in black and white. So
0: he played fantastically well, mate. I'm, I'm not going to put his body on the line again, doing yeah. those basics that I've said all along about, all about professionalism, literally fighting for the for the badge, fighting for the club. Uh, being dogged, sticking at your job. He did all of that and in uh, literally a couple of seconds. I mean I saw um Lee Riders. He marked him as a five or a six when he was giving his player ratings and then he nearly choked. One mistake and you're knocking him down for three or four. And you're giving him the same score that Joe Linton's getting. Far fuck off man.
1: I can't I, I can't I can't understand player ratings at the minute, mate. Like, I, I know the
0: subjective but come on.
1: Like Obviously, yeah, the subjective but I've, with Newcastle Newcastle under Steve Bruce, mate, I don't understand why anybody does them anymore. Seriously. Like I've seen the, the fan channels do them, the, the Chronicle that does them. Um bit they I, I'd only do player ratings for like defensive players, to be honest, because unless it's unless it's like um, we'll have an off day or something, it's very pointless under Bruce because we don't offer anything at all. And like me and you decided decided when we were making Magpie 24 seven we're going to do player ratings and stuff and i think that's been a, been a good decision by where I don't think I, I just don't see a reason to do it under steve bruce well, maybe like under it. under another manager maybe but I, I just under steve bruce mate it's just it's there's no there's not many players making a difference in my team do you know what i mean yeah. it's, it's it's really difficult but
0: you're right it's about match it's about people who uh, have got the scale who can be match winners, game changers, uh, people who can do above extraordinary things uh, and, and Newcastle at the moment uh, we're literally just so bland, boring, defensive we play so safely within ourselves, we don't look to stretch uh, teams we don't look to get in be- behind teams we don't look to dominate anyone uh, and it, it doesn't it does make you worry going into this next game mate because if we can't do it against this next lot, and be you know, if we can't have more position in Sheffield United in this next game, then chalk fuck on the rest of the season because if we can't do it against the Whipping Boys. If we can't do it against the Arsenal Reserves, and it was a reserve side to start off with particularly, um, then then wh- where are we going to do it? You know, uh, and you're and you're right. And then it comes to trying to to grade that into score that and to put that into some sort of. Um, figure and it's it's it is it's just impossible it's either got to be really really low numbers consistently um or you play it safe like what the what your lee riders of of the world uh do that's lee rider um you know it's it, it just Mr. 6 I've got my head on my laptop just give him a six that'll be right it's another article um it co- comes back to what we've always said about watching the game uh but when there's so little so little to be able to jump onto what 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 what, it, is, the, what is the point what is the,
1: what is the point it is i mean for what it's worth i mean me and you try our best to talk about about the games and that but in the last few podcasts it's been more about how we think steve bush should be sacked more so than the actual game of football and it's like in terms of football, there's just not much to talk about, me because, well, that's been boring. But the best move of the match arguably has to go to Arsenal. In my opinion, their second goal was beautiful football. Yedlin yeah. gives the ball to them. They have a couple of good... Shock, yeah, <laughs> the ball <laughs> ends up at uh, Saka's feet, who he was he was a bright young prospect, I think. The ball goes across to Aubameyang. Bamiang with the one sniffer goal that he had all game, uh, he puts it in the in the back of the net. 2-0, game over. Yeah, he doesn't block his um, chances, does he? He doesn't. Um, he had one in the second half where he tried to trip, trip uh, Dubravka and it went miles wide. But, oh, um, no. boring that, he didn't have anything to offer um which is surprising. Uh, Abamyang does look doesn't look the player that he was a couple of years ago that's for sure. But it ends 2-0 Paul and it's just well wow, with the FA Cup again and Steve Bruce in his press conference going on about um how uh, you know how, then... how good we've been since the Brentford game. We've scored one goal, we've got one point to show for it and we're out of another cup. So
0: in another uh, relegation
1: battle I to know, look like the in, the I don't know how we can like justify the performances slightly improving, but the results staying the same. The result, I mean, the performances we're not getting hammered by 30, 40 shots a game. It's it's like less, and like we're pressing them a little bit more and stuff. We're just doing little things that should have been rectified nearly a year ago. But after eighteen months, you say, "Oh, work in progress." No, no, no. Rafa, Rafa, Rafa. Exactly,
0: it's like it's it's, It's embarrassing,
1: it's beyond you look at. Um, you look at the day, I mean, Crawley beat Leeds 3 0. We conceded five goals to that same Leeds team. So, you're trying to tell me a team that had Mark Wright on the bench, yeah, that's Mark Wright from The Only Way is Essex, a reality TV show, to bring him on. When the 3-0 up in coaston to shithouse Leeds United, yet we conceded five goals to that same Leeds United team. And I know what you might think, oh, they played reserved. It doesn't matter, right? They had five, six full-strength players on the team. They had Kevin, Kevin Phil- Kelvin Phillips on the field. They had uh, two of the centre-backs on. That play for the first team every week. They brung on Jack Harrison in the second half, who tossed a new arsehole. They had Arlovsky, who's their best left back. Um, They had a lot of first team players in that team. The only one that I've seen that wasn't in the team was um, obviously Bamford. And yet Crawley Town, Crawley, League 2 Crawley, Played them off the park and had an idea for them yet. Steve Bruce, a manager of 20 years, and he likes this. He likes to say his way or the highway kind kind of thing. Didn't have a plan for Leeds. That's just an example of many over the last 18 months where Newcastle have been swept aside of teams that we shouldn't be getting swept aside against or battered against or have lack of idea for, like the Brighton game. I mean, they're below us in the league, yet we made them look like a Champions League side. And I will keep going to Brighton, mate, and keep mentioning that game because that's one of the worst performances I've ever seen in my life. And we were uh,
0: literally destroyed during that well, game. It was literally it, destroyed.
1: embarrassment, mate. And, like, it's just the and look...
0: Don't get me wrong, but like, you, you can say, oh, we, we lost... We lost. I mean, to be fair, if that was in the league, we would have got a point, right? We've got to go back to Arsenal coming up again next week, haven't we? And um,
1: I mean, it's not again. No way.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I seriously doubt it that that, that it uh, that it will be and stuff. But it's it's got to have a plan to be able to go and score goals and win football matches. And and what part of that plan doesn't involve players like Dwight Gale if he's on the bench if he's struggling for goals? I just don't get it. He's got to have a plan where he's not bringing back players, rushing them back in, and then having to make substitutions after 45 minutes because, oh, he's, he's tired, he's got effects of COVID, he's got this, he's got that. he's that. You knew that, you daft bastard, before you fucking named the team. Yeah, so so why put them in? And, and let's look, look at the history, mate. History tells us, look at ASM with how he's mishandled him. Look at uh, Ryan Fraser, how he's mishandling him now. He can't manage the squad. Um, he can't manage player players. He doesn't know how to get the best out of him. Miggy yesterday, again, I can't fault his his commitment, his work ethic, his desire, none of that. But it's not the same Miggy that we had when we had him up top with uh, Perez and Rondon. You look at stupid decisions that this man's made. Joe Linton, £40 million, pound when they wanted £16 million for fucking Rondon. Uh, and it's like, you just feel like saying, give your head a shake. Every aspect of modern management... You, you know, you, you don't engage with the fans. You you rile the fans up the wrong way. Um, but it, it's okay. And, and and the thing is, he knows that he's safe in his job. We could get bummed, right? On Tuesday, if Sheffield United five nil, he's still being a job. Anybody else, he'd have been out the door. If Freddie Shepherd was still about and in charge and running the club and owning, uh, you know, owning the shares in the club, he wouldn't be here. He wouldn't I, have I, the first season. Not, but at Mike Ashley's Newcastle United, it's OK. The Cups aren't a priority, regardless to what Bruce says. And I've got two quarterfinals and all this shit. Oh, um, you, can, you can dress it up and window dress it all if you want. The proof of the pudding is in the taste. And we haven't beaten a Premier League team uh, in nine years. As soon as we come up against any sort of decent opposition, we get turned over. There's no plan. There's no common sense your team selections to start off with is strange, your substitutions are worse, you bring players in from the cold you rush players back who are injured who uh, aren't ready then they get re-injured again, Jamal themselves won't be playing on Tuesday, he's played 45 minutes of a game that we all expected we were going to be lo- losing he's rushed them back, uh, he's rushed them back too soon, Um uh, it, it's like, did you not do medical checks to see whether he could get through seventy or eighty minutes in his first game back?
1: Or you even watching it, him train?
0: Yeah, watch it. Watch him train. Watch his body language. Watch how he's How he's getting on with the rest of the lads. Now he's back in the contact training. He's done none of that, mate. He he is so embarrassing. You knew he he made a a tackle after literally minutes of the game. I can't remember the exact minutes, but it was in single figures minutes. He made a lunge. He got booked for it, and you're like, mm, really? You're up now against it for the rest of the match. And um, the, the signs were just there from, from, from the start. And it's just strange decision after strange decision after st- uh, after stupidity. Um, and it's going to be the most typical thing. You you know we're going to sell Gale. We know that he's going to go to Fulham or somebody like that. And it's going to bite us in the arse, mate. Because that is the most typical Newcastle thing ever. But at the end of the day, mate, did we deserve to, to win that game yesterday? Personally, I don't think that we did. I don't think that we did anywhere near enough. They were in first gear and still, yet again, in first gear. <clears throat> their first gear was more than enough to, to dispatch us. And you, you're, you're going about their second goal. And yes, he hasn't had a great time of it recently. But you are still give him one or two chances, mate, and he'll score a goal. Andy Carroll's given two chances. Arsenal gift wrap it to them. They're almost saying, knock us out, knock us out. And he he can't take it. And as much like I say, I I love Andy Carroll. I love the songs. uh, I love love his passion, the connection between the fans. And I get all of that. But he's a striker who very rarely hits the side of a band off. Yeah. It's not good enough. The club is in a mess.
1: To to play devil's advocate, mate, he did play well defensively. It's just going forward. Hmm. Didn't have that opportunity. Didn't put it away. The thing is, with the COVID stuff... It literally two weeks ago happened with um, Fernandez or oh, COVID. Why to take one for half time? So like you're not preparing for things. You're just saying, "Oh, are you fit?" They're going, "Yeah," and he's like, "All right, you're playing then." And it's like riding by n- the seat of your it's pants. Just, it's just like, "Are you are you stupid?" Do you know what I mean? And it's like he's putting these players at risk. They're not ready to come back. Is he going to do it to maximum as well? Is he going to be like, oh, Max, you're back in training. We'll give you a week's training. We'll play it the weekend. No bother, son. Is that what he's going to do to him as well? It would not surprise
0: party? me, mate, if he was back involved in the squad on Tuesday. Rushing him back. Oh, maximum. he'll get me out the shit. He'll get me out of the shit. I need him to go and run at the defence. And he scored last, last time out at Bramall Lane. And that's a sort of short-term... Um, thinking that he has. And, it, and it's the same with the cup selection yesterday. Oh, the cups are proud. I'll tell everybody your cups are priority. Your selection alone. Oh, we left players at home and this, that and the other. Don't tell me that the cups are priority for you. Don't tell me that we're going to be getting top 10 and bullshit to me and over deliver and, un, you know, sorry, over promise and under deliver. It's so maddening. The cup wasn't yeah. a priority because you, you left Callum Wilson. There's no wrong with Callum Wilson. Don't believe his shit. Don't believe what the club says. It lies to the fans all of the time. That was proven in the Keegan court, uh, court case. I don't trust literally a word the fucking say I can see myself. Wilson will be back on Tuesday. And that's a case of Bruce prioritising stuff and thinking that he knows better than me, you and everybody else. He's a fraud. He's a charlatan. He wouldn't even get an interview for the Fleetwood Town job. Um... And as I said before, he's the be- best advert. If only Mr. Bruce had had a wank that fateful night, we wouldn't be having to have, uh, put up with it. shite. The only positive for me was that John Joe Shelby didn't play because I was shitting myself that well, he was going to play. Um, <laughs> because, again, he's got... It, we talk about mobility, mate. We talk about our midfield issues. <laughs> and a lot of our problems come from that midfield and the lack of anything. Um, but oh, at least Voldemort looks like he's out because... Again, just like Bruce, he just he just need to clear the desk.
1: Yeah, eighty grand well, a week. There's no, there's no like, you, if he's fit, mate, you'll play Tuesday. I guarantee you. He is fit,
0: hundred percent, mate, hundred percent.
1: he's fit. one of the positives of uh, yesterday's game. Um, the other was um, Elliot Anderson getting his first start. Uh, the first positive being Dubravka getting in, by the way. Uh, but the second being uh, Elliot Anderson getting in. He looked. He Fantastic. did more. He did more in the half an hour he had than uh, Jeff Hendrick did in yeah. the 80 minutes he had without him. He looks a I'm bit sure lab, he Ball. He's trying to make things happen. In fact, mate, Ellie Anderson did more in the 30 minutes than Sean uh, Hendrick and Joel Linton did combined in 80 Good minutes. Man, yeah. Um. And even then, he didn't do much at all in the grand scheme of things. But he didn't look nervous. He played the ball into the channels well. He he had half a chance. Uh, which I think, if it went for a deflection, might have went in the net. But he, he looked all right. He did. He looked good. Comes and off I,
0: good mate, stock. Comes I, off good stock, mate. I, I would like.
1: Oh yeah, I would like to see him get a chance uh, against um, Sheffield United on Tuesday. We we'll know for a fact he'll go for Joel and on, on the wing again or whatever it may be. But yeah, I would love to. I would love to see the see the lad play. He looks energetic. He looks like he could offer something different. until free. He looks
0: football, like he gives a shit.
1: Yeah, look like it's, he gives a shit. A uh, point to prove, which is which mm. is good to see. And I know Rolando Aarons just went to Huddersfield, but maybe we could learn something from when he first burst onto the scene, when he first came in in that game against Crystal Palace, and he scored. Looked like a new lease of life, uh, loads of potential around him at the time. Give Elliot Anderson the same kind of shot. Let's see what he can do. Put him in the yep. team because I think I think if uh, the C Elliot, if the fans see Elliot Anderson's name on the team sheet starting or on the bench, they'll be like, right, well, we've got something there. Uh, let's get behind the lad, and they'll support the team. Um, I know, like, obviously, I'm not doubting anybody's support, but I, as a fan, I dread games, and I see the team sheet, and I feel worse. But if see, I say Jim. Elliot Anderson's name, it'll be like, right, we've got him. Let's, have it. let's see He's what he can do.
0: He's trying something different. You, if you look at, and see somebody like his name down, you're thinking, at least Bruce is trying something else. It, we've said before, we've, we've said it a hundred times, the, the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. He um, came on, ASM has been watching him. and I know earlier in the season he was staying back watching the under-23 games to watch Elliot Anderson. He was that impressed by him. Um, I think that he's going to offer uh, an unpredictability factor. Uh, not many other players who he'll come up against will know much about him. He's got raw pace. He's obviously off good stock. Uh, His grandfather obviously played for the club um, and was obviously involved before getting injured in in the first cup journey. Um, He he had pace, he had little bits of tricks. um, He wasn't phased. He wasn't put off by the names he was playing. He wasn't there thinking about, oh, who am I going to swap my shirt with at the end of the match type job? None of that. I was I was really really impressed, but I think as a fan base, we need something to be able to get our teeth on, and I'm hoping that's going to be coming when ASM comes back. That that's a big opportunity, I think, for us to be able, as fans to be able to cling on to some sort of positives. But yeah, yeah, um, I don't think today, Bruce has got the balls to be able to play Anderson from the start. Um, but but he did more than a forty million pound player. He did more than an Irish international. He did. I mean, again, I think Sean had a terrible, terrible game. Uh I think it was a bang average game. Again, playing out of position. He played better
1: than Sean, but still, I don't mm. think he had any emphasis on the game at all. Uh, no. He seems, good it seems to, to have lost. It it, it, uh,
0: I was watching him yesterday with, with, with great interest because obviously we've said a lot about Sean. Hashtag uh, NE29 and all that. But... um I don't know. I still think he's he's lacking a little bit of pace and a little bit of leg since he's come back from um, obviously that injury that that he had. Um, and apart from that, I think he's just missing um, somebody like Rafa who's gonna who's gonna critique your, your game and and give you suggestions about what you can do, yeah, what you can work on, uh, how you can get the the best out. And that micromanagement where with Steve Bruce it's just well, I'll write something down on the back of a fag packet type job. So, yeah. so so frustrating, but like I say, I didn't. I think uh, Sean had a particularly the worst game he's ever had. I didn't think he had the best game. I think it was just very much in the middle, and I think he's he's really really nervous. But it, it's a key area, um, and why not throw Elliot Anderson into the mix and and see what? If you're going to do it against anybody, mate, do it against the whipping boys of the league. If we can't beat yeah. these up, mate, we really are in in the shit. And 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 Charlie needs to grow a set of balls and do something about it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, before uh, before we we'll talk about the the Sheffield United game, obviously, mate. The, the third positive I took from yesterday was that Nick huge. DeMarco. I've just had, I've just got a notification there from tweeting on Twitter about Brad again, but um, no, he was at the Emirates yesterday in a meeting with uh, Newcastle officials, which I think is is something. It's a big news because it's the first time he's publicly acknowledged Newcastle as one of his clients, which I think is huge. Um, obviously, a lot of people knew about it in the press and stuff, and he obviously knows by them. And Newcastle fans that uh, post on his on his Twitter every day. <laughs> 20, uh, oh, <laughs> terrible! Us being, us, being, us being two of them, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, when, it's, when, it's,
0: when when you when you putting songs on about get your loves out for the lads? How do you get his attention? Oh, yo, oi, oi, Nick, get your loves out, get your loves out. Oh god! This is this is this is what Steve Bruce and Mike Ashley have reduced us to, mate. Um, um, yeah, bread-based banter. It's <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's a new man. one.
1: Uh, it's one of the few positives about any UFC Twitter uh, entirely at the minute, just being able to um, sing bread bread related songs at the bread man that is um, Nick DiMarco. But for him to be there yesterday in person, it's um, it seems like it's a vote of confidence from him. He seemed, from my eye, it seems that like it's like there's, there's this inner belief that something might be able to happen now, and I hope that he, he, he had a meeting play. with. Was
0: it Justin Barnes and Keith Bishop were there? representing Mike Ashley. So, um, Ashley, Ashley's in a circle and obviously Charlie.
1: I'm, I'm not sure who who else was there, mate. I just know Nick DeMarco was. Uh, mm-hmm. He had a meeting with Newcastle representatives. That's all I know. Um, But it's good to see that, that that is actually in place and he's he's meeting with Newcastle representatives in person and he was actually at the match as well. So, like, for that for that to be, be a thing is really good to see. I just hope we're entering the big months as it will in terms of uh, arbitration and stuff and and let's see it, it come out in, uh, into the um into the public yeah. eye but S- especially on, on the back of is a, good yeah. it is a good idea
0: certainly on the back of obviously what's happened between saudi uh, saudi arabia and qatar the foreign of relations um the, you know the issues all being sorted with regards to tv rights and a multitude of other uh, cases against each other, all being dropped left, right and centre. That situation is foreign, and at the same time you've got Nick DeMarco uh, meeting Newcastle uh, officials whose job is to try and bring around some sort of arbitration uh, between ourselves, the Premier League, and a third arbitrator to try and get some common ground to be able to put in the framework to get the Saudis and everybody else back around the table. Um, It's it's hugely positive because if it was negative, there'd be no point of having the meetings and this that and the other. No, exactly.
1: um,
0: And especially in it, like in you know, in the in the pandemic and stuff like that, for him to make that move and to make it known as well, he could have just not said anything, and he could have slid under the radar, no doubt about it. But the fact he's come out and and said something, um, it's another positive squeak towards something being able. Uh, to be done and we and at the end of the day you can be on either side of it and i'm not just saying that it will get done it won't get done or whatever but these are just pos- positive squeaks um that's in
1: the right direction
0: and uh, yeah a little nudge to the to the right direction because no matter if you think it's going to go ahead or not i think everybody knows that we need it to go ahead we're desperate for it to go ahead and it's the only deal that mike actually continues to want to do business for because he believes it's the best deal for himself and possibly the club. I don't know, obviously, Mike Ashley's motives. So I've questioned He'll them sell. many
1: times. He'll but... be before the club, definitely.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely will be himself before the club, but he said that that is the best fit uh, for everything, and um, it, it can be so, so huge. I think everybody just has to get around the table and be able to thrash this stuff out, but um, yeah. uh, until, until we get some movement on this, On a takeover front, um, our club is going to be stuck in this circle of absolute diarrhoea, which we're in at the moment. It's just a circle of shit from every angle. It's toxic, it's negative, it's it's all the things that we just don't want it to be as a football club. So, uh, yeah, it, it was great to be able to hear... Nick, but he can't obviously speak and say what's happening behind the scenes because yeah, of confidentiality yeah. and stuff. But he can suggest things to the fans to give fans a little bit of hope. So he's getting a chance. Yeah, every day in his inbox and on, he, on, his, on, he, on his Twitter, he's getting a, a good feel about how things are going for the fan base. I think he's just trying to give us a little bit of comfort, as much as he can do, while saying in, in, his, in his legal framework. And I was listening to where... Uh, um, uh, shell on uh, Gallagher shots, and she was going through some of the stuff, obviously, with her legal uh, experience and everything. Um, and again, again, just po- positive squeaks, po- positive uh, noses sorry, noises, and stuff like that. It's just fingers crossed. It's fingers crossed because without this takeover, mate, like you say, we are, whether it's this season we go down, whether it's next season or the season after. It will eventually happen because if you keep flirting with relegation, yeah. it's going to. It, it, it's an eventuality that that will, someday happen. Sunderland found that out and look where they are now, uh, drawing with Hull in Division Three and being eleventh in the table.
1: <laughs> but um I, um, I got a message the other week, Paul, of uh, Liam who listens to it every week. He um wanted to ask you about the the Burnley takeover and how they they took out a loan. And obviously, the the Premier League, in part, of the directors' test need to check the check the finances and stuff for them to get a loan out to take. T- and then for that, for the new owners of Burnley to pass this test. And now all the owners of Burnley, like for me, I think that's a disgrace. Like you've got you've got of money is, yeah. and, like, You know, Burnley. If things go wrong, if they get relegated this season, mate, they're up shit creek without a paddle. If they don't get it, the parachute payments don't work out, right? They could be a championship site for the next 10 10 to 12 years because of new owners that the Premier League have allowed through. Like, for me, it's nothing short of a disgrace yet. Newcastle, the football club, Newcastle, the city, and Newcastle, the people, you know, everything could have been profited by a Saudi takeover. You know, everything was in place, but they've had their head turned by Qatar. Or uh, the Kasogi woman or whatever it may be, they've had their head turned, man. They've
0: definitely had their the head turned and they've had whispers in the ears as well, which they shouldn't do. Because again, no. it, it should be all well, it should be all meticulous.
1: Well, even but... um even Master said himself, mate, in a response to uh, Chianora, he said uh, there's no external interference, which you look oh, at the being you look at the being sports letter that was sent to every other club bar in Newcastle to deter this takeover any way they could. Like th- that proves to me that it's utter bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Like there, there definitely is external influences, and Nick DeMarco will be looking into every single letter, every single email, every single tweet, everything that Ben Jacobs yeah. has done. The Premier League's pu- puppet, um to R- Richard Masters' emails, he's he's in, in a history even as dark as that probably is. You know. Um, everything Nick DeMarco will have access to with arbitration and stuff and going to court. And he he should have a field day, mate. If, if yeah. these are as corrupt as what people think are and uh, they've been found to be in the press by Newcastle fans in particular, DeMarco should have a field day, mate. But for, um, for the Burnley team... For Burnley,
0: team, it, it's, it's, a, it's a strange one because basically the club itself is paying off the bill for these guys to who have come in... To, to buy it it seems as irish and as against logic as you, as you could you know go now there the, is going to be changes to the owners and directors test because they want it in future to be able to take on board advice from the likes of media partners and stuff now it isn't part of the deal at the moment but in the future it will do um so again this this these are all little noises about where the problems and issues have arose from but yeah at the end of the day that takeover, getting whiz, uh whiz through, and wave through, and all this sort of thing—it's because one's Burnley, who is no threat to the establishment, even if they're to get reasonable investment, this, that, and the other, there is a there is a ceiling limit on where they can go to. Again, with the greatest of respect to Burnley, I've got nothing against them apart from the daft tent they put outside for the away fans. It's a bit weird, like. And maybe um, the
1: toilets in the away end. You the toilets as well are a bit bad. You so honest, maybe they spend a few quid on turf. No way. isn't good.
0: Yeah, but, you know, with, with Newcastle, uh, and Newcastle was buoyant with the fan base behind them, with reasonable investment, with a fantastic stadium already, and then with the training facilities and youth in- infrastructure improved, um, could be major players and could upset the apple cart. And, and the establishment don't really want that. They don't really want to get into bed with Saudis, but they like the idea of the money and stuff. I think there's pressure from the government. Now that we're uh, our own country, we've obviously left the European Union, so it's up to us to bring investment and, and money into the country. So I think there will be pressures on, so I think there'll be pressures from government. Nick DiMarco is looking literally at, at every ant's knob to see whether there's a, a little um, bit of something he can use to build up a bigger picture against the Premier League. I think ultimately it will end up in arbitration. I think it will go down there, but it's, it's not a fast process. As frustrating and as annoying as that as that is, but yeah, the 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 Burnley takeover, very very strange. You can buy a club for what? They've only put I think two million down of their own money, and the rest is all mortgaged on future money from uh, for Burnley. Yeah. So very strange.
1: So if it doesn't work out for them, mate, obviously it's not going to be a it's not going to be a. Good take-off for the Burnley fans. Now I do empathise with them because the yeah, Premier they'll be, they'll, they'll be on Amazon, like, won't they? Which, yeah, I they'll mean, be doing a
0: documentary on Amazon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the the Premier the, the Premier League, I think, have sold them down the river. Just like they do all the other teams, unless they profits themselves or the big six, they couldn't give a shit about the rest. of man, yeah. and it's starting to become clear. Project big picture, the treatment of us. Just selling Burnley down the river. It's just clear as day, mate. They couldn't give a shit. But the final thing we're going to talk about in the podcast, is obviously, this upcoming Tuesday night game against ah, Sheffield United. It's only a
0: small yeah. game.
1: It's um, it's uh, well, I'd say it's a small matter to attend it, but it's not. It's a, it's a huge game for Newcastle. And in fact, I'd go as far to say it's the biggest league game of Steve Bruce's tenure here so far. Because if he gets beat, Paul. Oh, my God. I, I can see it really, really turning. Like, we've seen it a, a bit negative online and stuff, and we've had Bush first. What, uh, Keyboard Warriors? <laughs> like, obviously, yeah, but I can just say go up all if we get beat off Sheffield United. Yeah. I haven't won a game all season uh, in the league. They've just scraped, and I mean scraped, past Bristol Flippin' Rovers um, in the Cup. And... We go into this game, mate. We're needing to win. We'll have one in seven, no goals from open play. And I've been thinking for a while now, where's this next win going to come from? It's got, surely, it's got to be. Um, well, 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 well. Well, Sheffield United away. We've spoke about this um, this mm. team for weeks now, talking about this as potentially the next win.
0: It's, if you look at the bookies and how often are they wrong. Sheffield United actually going into this game as favorites with the bookmakers and and that puts you into perspective and what also puts it into perspective is I've been out shopping today and I bought a couple of cabbages now this game at the moment is about half an hour away from me so if it's going wrong lads don't worry I'll risk uh, I'll risk whatever else comes to start a cabbage off his head don't you worry about that I'll take the fight (laughs) on the front foot I've had enough of this I really really have if we can't Get more possession than Sheffield United in this game. Bearing in mind, we get destroyed on the stats on possession, uh, shots, chances created. We we come out with it worse all the time. If we can't get more possession in this game than Sheffield United, we're in deep trouble. If we can't create more chances than Sheffield United, we're in great deep trouble. If we can't get more shots, shots on target, opportunities created, goals. You know, if we can't beat. And win the individual battles in this team. If we can't have a clean sheet, uh, if we can't score a few, etc., 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 then who the hell else are we going to do it against? Where if we can't do it this time, where are the points that we need? Where's the next the five or six win?
1: Where's the next win? Because exactly. again, again, I don't see it if if we can't yep. beat this. Broad,
0: well, then, roll, we'll roll our sleeves up. We'll roll our sleeves up and we'll go on to the next game. I don't want to hear any of that. If he loses that game, Charlie needs to come straight down at the change room and in front of the rest of the lads, you're fired and you're on your own way back. He's Paul's number. Ask him if he'll come and pick you up, you cheated <laughs> bastard. And see well, how that one works. I'm,
1: I'm looking at the games after Sheffield United, mate, and we've got Arsenal away on the Monday night. Then we've got Leeds at home, Everton away and Crystal Palace at home. Um the only winnable game, I think, after Sheffield United, might be Leeds, might be Everton, might be Palace. I like there's points to be picked up in those three games, but I don't think it'll be the same type of game as the game that we've just played against Arsenal, no. for example. So,
0: there's a massive opportunity here made on Tuesday, a massive opportunity, and Bruce needs to grab it with both hands, and he needs to be uh, brave with uh, selection. He needs to uh, put square pegs in square holes. He needs to drop players who are out of form. Um, He needs to set them up. He needs them to press higher up the pitch. He needs to get crosses in, create chances, score goals. uh, Because, like I said, if not, it's going to be a very, very difficult end of the season because we need at least, at least, I would say, what, five or six more wins and a couple of draws to see us over the line, and that's all. Remember, that's his remit. That's his remit. And uh, before the club said, the club has said that the Cups aren't the priority. I know Bruce has said differently, but the club have said that the Cups aren't the priority, right? So he'll have got a free ride from the Arsenal match. They won't give an absolute flying fuck up uh, to Newcastle that that was another loss, another defeat. They won't keep that in in the background. They won't have been particularly cared about the Brentford game. It's all just uh extra shit to deal with at the moment with no gate receipts coming in for these games, but if you fluff your chances and your lines on Tuesday, then the pressure needs to be absolutely like um like lava like molten lava it needs to be yeah. that hot beneath him it needs to be that uncomfortable and I hope that he's feeling that pressure because pressure if he's got any bad. professional pro- yeah Pressure into getting a performance, put some pressure on the lads, and not just that, but if it goes wrong, have a little bit of self-respect and walk, go, leave.
1: Because
0: if you can't do it here, mate, you can't do it anywhere. Honestly, these lads are whipping boys.
1: Exactly, exactly, mate. You're you're complete 100%. They're not the team they were last season. But I'll, I'll end the podcast on simply saying... Bruce, you've said in your podcast, you've said in your uh, press conferences uh, uh, last night, and uh, the few recent ones that we've had a work in progress. we have started to show a little bit more, um, and we're starting to go into the right direction and stuff like that. Uh, in terms of the performances, you seem quite happy with uh, how we've performed since the um, since the Brentford game, since that defeat. So if we are going in the right direction, this on Tuesday night should be. Three points, and if it's anything less, if it's a poor performance that leads to a poor draw, if it's a if it's a humiliating defeat, if we lose this next game, Paul Steve Bruce has got to leave because yeah. It's simple as that. I know we've said in recent games he's got to go and stuff, but if we get beat, mate, we are definitely in in a relegation scrap, dragging towards the bottom of the league. And all of his mates been saying, oh, he's a mid table, and all this shit. Cut cut the bullshit. We lose against Sheffield United, mate, he has got, yep. got to go. because we'll, £100 we'll
0: million, mate. £100 beat, million he's had million. to spend. And if he can't beat Sheffield United, he needs to have the balls himself. He shouldn't have to rely on Lee Charny because we all know that Lee Charny is a useless bastard. Even his missus will tell you that, right? He's a useless bastard. But if he can't get the job done against Sheffield United, he needs to be man enough to go and clear the desk and say, I'm not the man for the job. And then yes. somebody else come in before it is too Fucking late. Um, have some balls, Brucey. Pick a decent team. Go at it. Let them go out. Let them express themselves. Let them create chances. Give them a platform. Um, do something with regards to set pieces because that's pissing me off. If
1: we needs basically. to prove that we we'll have, if we've if we've improved as a football team since Brentford, he needs to go out there and prove it. Because if he doesn't, he needs to walk out the door. Um, yep. and, and get out with Newcastle um, But that's that's it from us Unless you've got anything to add Paul
0: No I just pray we, we can talk about Something positive on, on, on Tuesday Or Wednesday whenever the next podcast is We need some positivity The fan base yeah. is down It's backed into a corner and the players are feeling Probably exactly the same Again it's down to Bruce to try and lift these lads And to lift us with some sort of performance uh, And definitely Even if the performance isn't there mate a win, get the result. He's, got, yeah. he's got to get, get, the result, get the result mate, no yeah, more excuses, it, no more it, bullshit right. no it more is. working towards, jack shit get it done, stop it messing is. about this it, it's
1: a massive massive uh, performance that we need on, on Tuesday night, but we'll be doing the podcast on the Wednesday evening usually with the night time games with the next day and stuff
0: calm down but until, <laughs> but until
1: then, we'll, uh, we'll what?
0: What's yeah, time listen we we, we, no, we normally need to calm down because we normally but he's spitting. Yeah, mud.
1: yeah, yeah. It's usually it's usually therapeutic that we don't do a podcast straight after a game. But um for now we'll love you's and leave you's and hope uh Tuesday brings three points for Newcastle and we can come back Wednesday night and obviously you can listen to a more positive podcast because they're the best ones, Paul. They're the best ones to record. But Definitely. Uh, hope you've a enjoy the rest of your weekend. Have a good Good week and uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the next Anyone for Baiting podcast. And uh, Keep yeah, it tuned. everyone. Keep it tuned. Ta.